Here's the title. You ready? Take out your little phones. And the title is Everything's Not Okay, But It's Gonna Be. It's a long title. Everything's Not Okay, But It's Gonna Be. What? All blue Sour Patch Kids? Oh, wow. That's not the title. <laughs> no. Everything's not okay, but it's going to be. Yeah. So we're going to be chatting about the life, a little bit of the life of David today. Um, so, yes, I'm excited about that. If you guys have did not know, um, if you didn't know, um, actually, David is the most talked about man in the entire Bible. There's over 141 chapters about him. There's literally no one else in the Bible there's been more words written about besides God. Um, so he's second, God and David. <laughs> um, so that is pretty interesting. Um, we could definitely, I could definitely chat much longer about why that is. Um, David is a very important and of uh, type and shadow of Jesus. Um, so there's a lot of stuff with that, but we're not going to talk about that. But just know that he's he's very important, um, and it's like basically his entire life is covered in the Bible. And again, there's not really anybody else in the Bible that. Um, that covers their entire life. You'll see, obviously, like snippets. Yes, Jesus, but he is a he lived like half of the life of David. So yeah, David lived to be like seventy something. Um, so yeah, I lost my train of thought now. Sorry, that's okay. Um, anyways, yes. Oh, okay. I know where I was going with that. Sorry. Um, so a lot of times we see little snippets of people's lives, and sometimes it's just their best parts. It's like the best story of the, about them, where they did the coolest thing, or they were the most obedient. And then like you don't see the other like 50 boring years of their life, or the other 50 bad years of their life, or you see you only hear about the worst moment of their life. But with David, you see um, the ups and the downs. The bad moments, the ugly moments, the happy moments, the crushing, soul-crushing moments. You see everything, which is really, really interesting. Um, and it he, makes him really relatable as someone that we um, emulate, but more than emulate, just relate to um, as we're walking in our, in our walk with the Lord. Um, and that also comes across in a lot of the Psalms that he wrote. So if you don't know, the book of Psalms, I think for a long time, I thought the book of Psalms was like all written by David. There's a lot of Psalms. Even Moses has a few Psalms and Psalms and Psalms and Psalms. Oh. <laughs> um, but he definitely wrote a lot of them. But um, there's, a, there's a few that we're going to look at today um, <clears throat> that we actually have direct stories that are related to uh, when he wrote those psalms. Um, so like, and a thing was happening, and he was terrified. He was sitting 
on the ground and he was writing out a psalm. And so we have actual direct stories that relate to certain psalms, which is very cool. And we can kind of see um, what he was exactly, what he was thinking. Some, and one of these, you can see exactly what he's thinking before something happens and after the thing happens, um, which is very, it's just interesting. It makes it relatable for us in our walk to see somebody who is such a strong leader and called by the Lord, to see them walk through the real actual feelings that we all have. I think a lot of times we like to think of these people in the Bible and think of them. We see these like small stories, these small snippets of their life, and we're like, oh, they were just like 100% all in. They were like perfect, and they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't have any bad feelings. They didn't have any doubt. They didn't have any fear or anxiety um, because we see just like this small portion of their life. But the Psalms actually reveal what David was feeling when he was going through a lot of that stuff. Um, and a very interesting thing about David is that <clears throat> he was often very lonely. That was kind of a theme of his life. He was the youngest of all of his brothers. I think he had like seven or eight brothers. Um, he was the youngest. And he would often get left by himself to as a kid to be um, shepherd the flocks and stuff like that. He would be off by himself, and he kind of learned these patterns of walking with the Lord, talking to, reading the Torah, which is what they call their 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 version of, I guess, not the Torah. They didn't probably have that. He read whatever they had at the time. I don't the scriptures of some kind. Yes, you have a question, Hunter. No, I've never heard that about David. The no, he, movie. maybe the cartoon movie. Uh, no, he definitely, he definitely worked a lot. I think he worked more than everyone else because he was the youngest. Yeah, I was thinking maybe you're talking about Joseph. But Joseph didn't study the scriptures either, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but he didn't have reading the scriptures. Yeah, that was Moses. <laughs> yes, and this is why we go over the, the basics of the stories so we get these characters lined up in our in our brains. So not Joseph, we're talking about David. He was the youngest of his brothers. He often shepherded flocks and then Yes, if there's any confusion it's not cleared up. He's the one who killed the giant Goliath when literally every single person in the army was terrified to confront him. No, that's the same David. <laughs> There's only one David in the Bible. <laughs> it's the same David. That's awesome. It's the same David. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have a question? That was Solomon, his son. Yep. For people on the podcast, Solomon was David's son, and he was the wisest in the land. So yeah, this is good. We're, we're getting you guys up to date. Um, there is literally only one David in the Bible. So if you know anything about David, it's about the one David. <laughs> There's no other David number two, David the second, or anything like that. <laughs> um, but anyways, I don't really know how other people 
were in that time, but as far as like expressing their emotions, but David seems to be like a very emotional guy and he's very much in touch with his emotions. Again, I can't speak to the culture and whether that was normal or not. I'm going to guess that it probably wasn't super normal, especially because we have other events like him dancing around practically naked around a temple thing around the, the, what is it called? The Ark. I knew it started with an A. So he did some interesting things that proved that he was a pretty emotional person. Um, So we see that in the Psalms that he wrote, uh, you get a lot of his true feelings coming out, which again, I don't think that was very common. Um, And this was how David stayed close to the Lord. He stayed close to him, and like I said, he developed this from being alone um, as a shepherd. He developed these patterns of reading and learning about the Lord, reading stories, and then by writing these songs, essentially, writing poems. Um, He played the lyre or the harp or something like that, which is like a little, you know, a ghetto guitar, tiny little guitar. Um, And he would write these songs, and he... And from what he knew about the Lord, from what he read, um, not from what other people had told him, but from what he actually read himself. And so these patterns kind of carry him through his entire life. Um, And again, he is often lonely throughout his whole life because even as he's coming into becoming a king in Israel, he's being chased by the current king, Saul, um, who's trying to kill him for a long time. Hunter remembers that. So those are some of the song, the psalms that we're going to read here in a bit. Um, and then even into his adulthood, he's, he's considered a very um, successful man of war for Israel. They conquered a lot of places. Um, and being out away from home, he was often lonely then as well. Um, so you kind of see that the loneliness didn't wasn't sad for him. Um, he actually used it to stay close to the Lord, um, and he wrote out songs with his exact feelings. So we're going to read a little bit about some of the stuff that happens in his life. So if you guys want to flip to, we're going to be flipping around all over the place, Psalm 59, and then I'm going to go to First Samuel. A lot of David's life is in First and Second Samuel. If you wondered, no. I don't know Psalms. Yeah. Because it's a singular psalm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Some even some versions call the Book of Psalms something different, like. Psalm of Psalms or something. Yeah. So, I'm not exactly sure. Psalm 19. The whole, the whole thing. Fifty-nine. Okay, 
So, real quick, to give you some context before we read the psalm so you understand what's happening. Um, so, Psalms 19, 11 through 12 says, Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him, that he might kill him in the morning. But Michal, or Michal, I don't know how to say her name, Michal, David's, David's wife told him, if you do not escape with your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michal let David down through the window, and he fled away and escaped. So David's house is being surrounded. Um, and so now we're going to jump to Psalm 59. Okay, <clears throat> and you can see, I, I don't know if your Bible says this, there's a little note at the top of this. Yes, it says, uh, of David when Saul sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. So you know what's happening in his life. He's literally writing this psalm as this is occurring in his life. So it says, Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil. And save me from bloodthirsty men. They were bloodthirsty. Um, they were scary guys, I guess. For behold, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce men stir up strife against me. For no transgression or sin of mine, O Lord, for no fault of mine. They run and make ready. Awake Come to meet me and see. You, Lord of Lord God of hosts, are God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. He's getting a little dramatic here. Spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. What's Salem? Salem means like a pause. It's when they take a rest in the in the song. Um, yeah. Then I'm gonna skip ahead to verse 16, where he always, almost always has a but. He goes on for a long time. Lord, this is happening to me. I need you to save me. It's really bad. I need you to vindicate me, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, but I will sing of your strength. This is verse 16. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning, for you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you, for you, O oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. So here we see this is the first of many times you're just seeing David communicate with the Lord. And this is how he stays close to the Lord, is by being honest and remembering who he is. So he has his moment of honesty. He's not, he's not downplaying what's happening to him. He's not shoving it all down and saying, everything's fine, God. That would be a really boring psalm. Everything's fine, and I know that you're great, and you're going to save me. Okay, next psalm. Um, that would be a boring psalm. He actually just, he says everything that he feels. He asks for exactly what he needs. He's not afraid because he knows he has a good father. He's not afraid to ask for what he needs. He lays it all out there. And again, I do feel at times he gets a little dramatic. You know, punishing the nations. There's only one guy that's after him. I don't know why he's talking about all the nations. Again, there's a little bit of drama, maybe some propheticness to what he's saying also, but truly in the moment, maybe he's being a little dramatic. Um, so, all right, so we have that. Now we're going to go to, this is the interesting one. Um, we're going to go to 
Psalm 56, so just a couple pages down. We're going to read Psalm 56, and then we're going to read Psalm 34, but I'm going to read you Psalm 21 so you know what's happening. Mikta? I don't know what Mikta means. Oh, Miktam. Uh, my Bible says. Probably a musical or. Liturgical term. It says a Miktam of David. Yeah, it's. It's some kind of musical. It's some kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 21. Okay, so in 2110, um, David is, he's left his house by this time. He's traveled a bit, um, and he is in the area of the Philistines, actually. So in verse 10, it says, And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this... Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. He was a Philistine. Um, so he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spit run down his beard. Um, and then and they were basically like, this is not, this is not David. Then Akish said to his servants, behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do, this is funny. Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Um, so he's being a little bit sarcastic there, this king. Um, so you can see David is scared out of his mind at this point um, because he has killed many, many Philistines, and he's decided to, I don't know why, but take, try to take refuge with them. It seems stupid. Yes, Hunter. Why didn't he kill many Philistines? He was, yes. That was part of the conquering and eliminating of people that worshipped very bad idols and stuff like that. Old Testament stuff. That's another conversation. You can talk to Caleb about that. All right. So keep that in mind. David is literally terrified um, to the point where he's going to pretend to be insane so that they think he's not valuable and they don't want to kill him. Um, so in Psalms 56, did I get this right? Yes. He says, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for that many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Specifically, the Philistines. He's talking about the Philistines. All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape. And then he says in verse 8, You have kept count of my tossings. You put my tears in your bottle. 
Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? He says, I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Now, I hasn't been delivered yet. But let's jump to Psalm 34. After he has been delivered, um, No, Psalm 34. It's not in chronological order. Psalms are not in chronological order. Yeah, there's a Moses is one of Moses's psalm is like back in like the hundreds. So it's not. It's not. No, it's not even near chronological. It's not. It's just random. Star Wars isn't random. Star Wars has a has a has a storyline that they follow. Yes. Yes. But they're in a somewhat of a... Okay. All right. It's not like Psalm at all because Psalms are crazy. They're all over the place. Uh, they just put them together for whatever reason. Okay. Let's jump to 34. Uh, this is a really um, common, well-known psalm. The title is Taste and See that the Lord is Good. Um, and you can see where it says, Of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. So he's pumped now. He's super excited. The Lord has delivered him. And this is what he has to say about it. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, see Psalm 56, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, talking about himself, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? We're going to jump to verse 18. And he says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And I love that in verse 18 because he's literally speaking from life from life experience. That was him. Like he was terrified. He was absolutely like a crushed and a shell of a person scared out of his mind that he was about to be killed um and he's literally just giving his testimony right now that the lord saved him um so 
I love that you see like the before and the after of him communicating with the Lord. And the, the, just the big part of why I wanted to share this about this with you guys was because David is seen as such a, an amazing figure in the Bible. Um, but again, part of what makes what made him amazing, an amazing king, was how close he was to the Lord, how honest he was with the Lord, um, how often he would share everything with him. Um, he never held anything back. And I think like daily he would write down like these psalms. Like he would lay in his bed. A lot of times he talks about in here laying in the, his bed, meditating on him at night. And that is what made him strong. That's what made him a strong king. That's what made him a strong leader, a wise leader, um, is just sharing everything with him. We're going to go to um, one more, Psalm 63, another good one. Um, and I'm going to read 63. So I'm guessing David wasn't a king yet. He was not a king yet, nope. Uh, probably not. I don't think any of them knew anything at that point. It already was in the Bible when the disciples were living. <laughs> oh, the disciples knew? Um, no, I don't think so. They were just writing their testimony of Jesus because they were like, this is amazing. We need to write it down so we don't forget it. Okay. Uh, 23, 19. Everybody shush. Um, so basically, listen, guys. Uh, David is running from Saul for a long time, and a very big part of these few chapters is just like David went here, David went there, David ran to this place, David was hiding here, um, and a bunch of different places, a cave, a desert, a city, a bunch of places. So here's another one where he is in the desert, um, and Saul hears about it, and he is afraid. That's, I was going to read it, but the verses are not that interesting. So we're just going to jump to Psalm 63. And I have read this psalm many times. It's underlined a lot in my Bible. And I never, I mean, it says it right at the top, but I just never really realized that he was actually in the desert as he was writing this Um Again, the loneliness. He's away from his city. He's away from um, like the temple where he likes to be, like he where he would often be. And he references that, um, and that's kind of what, what that perspective that he's coming from. So Psalm sixty-three. Excuse me. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry land, in a weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. 
So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, and your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of... He always takes a turn somewhere. Those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth, and they shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. ESV. Oh, if you're in Passion Translation, that's going to be way different. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah. And there's, I mean, again, we can go to the prophetic part of David of what he represented, but also um, David knew what his calling was, and so that is part of the reason why he was praying for the downfall of these people because that was what the Lord's will was. Um, Yes, we don't we don't need to do that anymore. It was for the Lord's will. Yes, keep keep going, David. <sighs> yes, for sure. So we see that he's like remembering. He's in the desert. And he's talking about like being in the sanctuary, remembering the Lord's goodness. But he was just super far away from that at that point. And you kind of sense like his, his yeah, his desire to be closer, his desire to w- want more of God, to be in a place that was a happy place, a place that was peaceful. Um, you see him being pretty, pretty broken and pretty empty um, in this moment as he's so far away from his home. Um, far away from a place that he loved, far away from being in the sanctuary where he could actually sense the Lord's presence. He's in an actually a very lonely, dry, kind of sad, depressing place right here. Um, but he's pouring all of that out before the Lord. He's not um, making light of it. He's not stuffing it down. He's spilling everything, all of his thoughts and feelings before him. Um, and that's actually what saves him is him actually telling the Lord what he needs and communicating with him. Um, and I think a lot of times we we take our anxieties and our fears and we do, there's a couple of things, every, we all do different things. Some of us just like stuff them down and just try to minimize them. Um, <clears throat> but then there's other of us that just try to take them to other people and have other people help us fix them or try to manage them ourselves or try to work through them ourselves. Like David could have taken his situation with Saul into his hands many times. He could have killed him many times. There was, There's another um, psalm where he's in a cave actually with Saul. Saul doesn't know he's in there with him. And Saul's going to the bathroom and somehow David is able to come up behind him and like cut a little piece off of his robe. How does Saul not notice? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. 
David is a ninja. He's a ninja, apparently. Relieving himself. Yes, he was focused on relieving himself, apparently. Um, and then he like shows it to Saul and is like, "Hey, I could have killed you, but I didn't. Now can you see that I'm like an upright man? And like, why are you chasing after me?" So he had many times where he could have taken all his. He could have solved his anxiety and his fears and taken it all into his own hands. Um, he also, like I said, he could have minimized it and just been like, there's nothing happening, I'm perfectly fine, or waited for other people to fix them for him, but he didn't. He took all of this to the Lord, and the Lord provided for him every single step of the way, even though he had to travel a lot um, to get away from Saul, but the Lord gave him the next step. He didn't give them many more steps. He's just like, okay, now you're going to go here. Now you're going to go sit in this cave. Now you're going to go hang out with the Philistines. Now you're going to go hang out with the Zittites or whatever. Um, and so the Lord would provide for him every step of the way. If he was in a place where he needed, where he's being surrounded, he had a place of escape immediately. Um, and so that's kind of what I wanted to, you guys to really realize is that you have this opportunity to take your anxieties and your fears, the things that you're working through, and be 100% honest about what it is that you're feeling with the Lord and ask him for what you need. Because he is a good father. You can read through all of these psalms and be like, wow, David was really ballsy. Like He asked for a lot of ridiculous things, and the Lord backed him up every single time every single time. So I think that's something that we think we can't make these big asks, asks before the Lord. Sorry, guys. We can't make these big asks before the Lord um, because we're afraid that like we're not good enough to, to get those questions answered or we're not good enough to get these good gifts from him. But, but we are. Like You guys are sons and daughters, and you're able to ask for what you need from him. You're able to be completely honest. <laughs> Bella is dying. For those on the podcast, I wish I could show you. <laughs> yeah. So I just want you guys to think about what you do in those moments where you're carrying those things, where you're in situations that are impossible. Um, like, who do you run to to take care of those things? Who are you still dying? <laughs> still dying. Oh, God. <laughs> She's still dying, guys. It's all right. It's real. It's real life. Um, yeah, as I think that David gives us this really on, honest picture of what it is to be obedient, what it is to walk with the Lord, um, it's not always fun. And it often is super scary. Um, there are bad things that happen. This is a clear picture. Like, do bad things happen to, to Christians or to good people? Yes, they do. People try to come after you and try to kill you. Um, and it's not fun. I'm sorry. Um, but that is how he learned to be so close to the Lord, and that is how he uh, learned to communicate with him and be honest with him. So, yeah. Um, we're going to pray really quick. And then I'm going to wrap up. Father, I just thank you for the beautiful example that we have of David's life.
of what it what it looks like to be completely honest with you and that you're not offended you don't get offended at us you're not mad at us for being honest um and i just thank you for that i thank you that you are always listening like david said you were collecting his tears and you heard everything that he said and you were writing it down in a book you heard it all and sometimes, Father, I know it feels like when we're talking to you that there's no one on the other side, but it could not, that could not be more of a lie. You are literally on the edge of your seat listening to everything that we are, are saying to you. And I just ask for these students in this room that they would know that you want to talk to them, that you want to listen to them, that you want to have this closeness with them just like David had with you, this honesty, this communicating relationship where you can actually talk through things and you can actually speak to them. It starts with sharing the good and sharing the bad and praising you when you're terrified, praising you when you're excited that you've just, you just rescued us from something. So I just ask that you would just be near to every one of these students that are carrying anything that's really hard right now. I, I just ask Holy Spirit that you would just draw them to you. Would you draw them to the Father in this season of their life that they would know that the peace that they're looking for is with you. The peace that they need in their life, the solutions that they need to their problems are with you and all they have to do is just surrender to you just to run to you as their strong strong tower so father we just thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your kindness and your nearness you are never far away you are never ever ever far away and i ask that you would just be near to every student in this room we love you, Father, so you just be with us in the rest of this night. In Jesus' name.